Hello, and welcome to another episode of Just Keep Writing. A podcast for writers by writers to keep you writing. I'm Nick. I'm LP. I'm Shanghai. I'm Gabe. I'm Samim. And I'm Will. And I'm going to do the intro since Nick misses beats. So everyone, today we are starting a new book called Refuse to be Done by Matt Bell. And the book, we will go into it. I'm going to actually kind of go over what it's about. It's about getting a draft done, getting like a final piece of work done in three drafts. That's kind of um, the idea of the book. Our new co-hosts have all decided that this was the book that we were going to bring to life for their uh, first deep dive. And let's just jump right into it. So in the book, Refuse to be Done, um, Matt Bell says you need to tell yourself you are writing a book. So I'm going to start off with Samim. And how does it feel when you tell yourself that you are writing a book? Mostly, honestly, probably feels like I'm lying to myself. And that's like not not a reality. Um, and, and that's like half of me. And then the other half of me is sort of like, no, you're doing it. Um, and let's figure it out. Um, so I don't know. I think I have to think about that a little bit more. What, what do you feel like emotions come up when you mention that? Well, like when you think about that, you're writing a book or you tell yourself that you're writing a book. It sounds disconnected from reality. Um, like this is like, hey, this is this is a wildly impractical thing for you to be doing. Um, <laughs> go ahead and do it. Um, sort of like I'm giving myself permission to go do the wildly impractical thing. And so I think learning to enjoy that permission is sort of the the challenge for me. Amazing. Um, LP, you have something to say? I don't know. I, I'm with some meme in that I don't know that if it's true because like I've. I've I've started books before, but I've never finished one. I did a NaNoWriMo one year. I hit the 50,000. I think I hit like 58,000 words and like I was not to the middle point. Like this was going to be like a monstrosity of epic proportions. But like, I don't know if I always believe it when I say I'm going to write, write a book. But I feel like we should ask Shingai since Shingai just finished writing a book. Yeah. Congratulations, Shingai. Congrats. Um, so how does it feel when you tell yourself that you're writing a book? Like when you start a project that's like going to be a novel? I feel like Nick had something to say. Just because I'm a wizard and I know these things. <laughs> I like it. <clears throat> I like it. Um, yeah, I, I'm i going to kind of counter-argue LP here. And throw a different perspective to this. I think when the phrase, I'm writing a book... And what you're saying up here are two different things. You're looking at the completion of a novel, not the process of a novel. And I think I want to I want to point that out. Those are two very distinct, different things. And I feel like you're adding some pressure on it when you start a novel to also complete the novel. Agreed. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. No, I just want to point. I caught that when you were saying that. I was like, eh, it feels like you're adding some pressure to yourself already. Um, I'm saying you're right. And I'm trying to figure out how not to add pressure to myself, but like, yeah, that's what's happening. <laughs> that's such a good think, point. This feels like therapy already. Wow, this is, this is, <laughs> it was like maybe we should just do the intro in a couple pages. <laughs> um, um, so, Gabe, how does it feel when you tell yourself you're writing a book? Yeah, I'm think I think I'm going to continue this train because honestly, 
I thought it was a mixed bag, but thinking more and, and listening to what you guys are saying is it's mostly overwhelm if I mm. think uh, that I'm writing a book. So I don't know if it's my kind of brain, but if I think of the whole thing, it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to be able to climb that thing if that sort of metaphor works. So I tried just to think of I'm a writer and I'm going to write something. I'm going to work on something. If I think of the whole thing, the whole novel, it's like, yeah, that's that that can be enough pressure for me to not start writing, like literally thinking of the whole thing. So, yeah, it's mental gym gymnastics with those kinds of things. Yeah, I feel like I forget. Like, I'm like, I don't even know what a book is. Um, <laughs> at points. <laughs> so, I, I don't know what this is. It's, like when you're in the middle of it, right? You're just like, yeah. what even is a book? Like, what am I doing? I don't understand what this thing is. <laughs> so do you feel like, um, what emotions? I feel like a lot, a, a, if you could put a word to those emotions, is it self-doubt? Is it um, like fear? Is it um, like, what emotions come to mind when you think about writing a novel, Shanghai? like starting a new novel? So I guess just building up from what everyone else has been saying, it's interesting because when I was, I don't know when you all attempted your, like your very first novel. For me, it was like when I was like 13 or 14. I was like, you know, I'm going to write a book. It's going to be great. It will be bestseller, all these things. And you have all this courage and all this expectation of the way that it's going to go, but it's because you've never written a book before and I, you haven't self-identified as a writer. And I feel like at the point that you start self-identifying as a writer, then there's all this expectation and pressure that comes with that identification. Um, and so when you're like, I'm writing a book, people are expecting it and you're expecting yourself to be done with it, kind of going back to the earlier discussion between LP and Nick. So to bring it back to what are the feelings that come up, I would agree with um, Gabe that overwhelm is one. Um, there's also excitement and yeah, because there's novelty, the idea of novelty. And it's actually so interesting to me now that I think about novel and novelty and the words just being so similar. But like there is that uh, idea of a new thing giving you joy. Um, and I I thought about when Samin said something, I thought about this comment, I can't remember, it's some famous white man who said this, a writer, um, that you'd have to have the confidence of a 12-year-old boy but also the willingness to be proved wrong of a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> and I, I really fucked with that. Gabe? Yeah, like I'm also thinking of the distinction of being, of thinking of it as a writer and as an author. Like if I'm thinking it just from the side of being a writer, it feels easier because I'm just doing the thing for the sake of it without like an inherent goal behind it. And like with the, author mindset, knowing publishing, knowing all the things that involve a book becoming a novel out there, like in, like sellable, I think that changes so much of the kind of pressure that I'm putting in myself. Like if I got to write this for the submission for my writing group, it has, I mean, that has like the mixture of both because I'm 
this is for my friends to enjoy for them to enjoy it but also to make it better so that it now becomes something publishable but honestly the times that i write like the purest and with the less amount of overwhelm is when i'm just thinking of the thing as a writer and just for the enjoyment of, of the thing those moments are less and less often because knowing all the things but yeah i think that distinction between author and writer in the process is important for me. Well, let me follow up that with a question for you, Gabe. What to you is a difference? Like, can you go a little bit deeper? Like you said, writer and then author. Do you mean like an author who has a deadline, who has to uh, submit that work versus a writer who's just writing the story for like getting it out? Yeah, I think, I mean, in general terms for the writer, it's just, more focused on the art, on the craft of it. But the author side of things is the business side of things. It's like thinking of making it marketable, publishable, and uh, thinking of uh, your target audience, uh, word count, all those practical things to make it something that can be sold. I think that's what thinking of it as an author means for me. And as a writer, it's just the things that I enjoy sitting down to tinker with my story too the art itself, the execution of it. Do you feel that the author part of what you're thinking about is stopping you from writing a story oh, yeah. right now? It ha it definitely has. Like, oh, so, so many times. It's my own perfectionism and insecurities and then thinking and seeing things. I mean, this is, this is a mistake comparing your work to something that is published. Your early drafts, I mean, your first draft or whatever, that, I mean, that I will, I would write, say it's an, that's a mistake. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it definitely has stopped me. And the more, like, the more you read, the more you look into the business, the more you are able to identify good stuff. And when you see your own early stuff, it's like, ah, uh, yeah, it activates that author mindset of like, yeah, this is not good enough. This is not publishable. So why keep going? I, so. you know, I completely hear what you're saying. So what I've been trying to do is find stuff that is poorly written and publishable and wildly popular to be like, you know what? If they did it, so can <laughs> I. Um, Samim, you're up next. Go ahead. That's great advice. <laughs> uh, no, I 100% agree with what uh, Gabe was saying, like the distinction between like the expectations that you put on yourself with those different personalities between author and writer. Um, and it just made me realize, like, I think there's like a third layer, like before writer, even at least for me. Um, and I think we talked about this a little bit last time where it's, it is like that dreamer uh, part. Um, it's just like imagining and creating um, just like mentally um, and transitioning from there to the writer can be really challenging for me sometimes um, to actually make this real and then obsess over the craft and then, obsess over the words and not even think about the audience, but just making yourself happy with like, did I express the ideas in my head um, the right way? And a lot of times I don't write because I'm like, I can't do justice to the ideas I have in my head. Like I, I don't have the skill to express it the way I want to. Um, and I'm like, I'm the same way with drawing. Like I don't know how to draw, uh, but I have my, might have like a cool picture in my head. If I try to draw it, it's going to be terrible. I'm like, well, I'm just not going to try <laughs> because this is not at all what I have in my head. LP. I think that what Samim said was really interesting because like on the one side, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. But then on the other side, I'm like, 
I've done, I've done, I've done, she got was there when I was a clarion this past summer. And like, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get this story finished. I don't know if I'm going to be able to write this 2000 word, whatever, this 4,000 word, whatever. And I got through it. And like, it ended up happening. It was like, I know on one level that I can. And I know that on another level, like I have the stamina to do these 50,000 words in, in NaNoWriMo. I just have to put the two in the same room so they can copulate and maybe a book will come out of it. Um, you know, speaking of that, I think just listening to everyone talk about that, like I have the webtoon that just came out um, recently. Well, recently when we record this, thanks. Thanks, everyone. Um, but it'll be out for a while by the time this airs. Um, it was really interesting for something to be released finally that I wrote because it made me feel like, wow, it's still not perfect and I still need a lot of work, but I'm okay. And I think it's allowing me to also realize that everything is a work in progress, you know? And I think what Samim said about, you know, I have a picture in my head and I don't draw it because I can't do that. So as someone who does art and draws and paints, I think that is the struggle of the artist, you know, to really capture that feeling, whether it's visually or whether it's with words, you know. So in the book, I'm going to read it apart from the uh, book on page two and refuse to die. You know, Matt Bell says, this book is one attempt to fill in the blank by offering actionable steps for every phrase of every phase of the process as it applies to many of the novels being written and published today. And this is for Gabe, especially because uh, instantly when you talked about your fears and what stops you, Samuel R. Delaney once said that 85 to 95% of the work is rewriting and revision. And Shanghai, you recently announced that you finished your um, novel, so uh, a draft of your novel. So, congrats! And I wanted to ask you, what has been your experience from writing short stories to your novella that's out from Neon Hemlock to writing this novel? The novel has been the hardest thing that I've ever done. Um, but I probably say that about every project that I'm working on. But I, I really doubt that writing a short story after this, I'm going to say it's, it's harder than the novel because <laughs> the novel took, has taken the most time. And I'm even still wary of saying that it's done because I know that it has a lot of revision and a lot of work to come back to. Um, and I really, Reading the first chapter of this book, actually, I like that was really affirming for me to to hear and to read and to listen to, because um, I was listening to the audible version. Just the fact that like the revising is is what matters, and it's where the story comes together. And this is something that I've heard a lot of people say, but as someone who feels the overwhelm and the pressure 
of capturing the thing you have in your head and putting it on paper, whenever it's not exactly that, it's so easy to just go back and try and make it that. And that just slows down the whole process of the first draft <laughs> because you're constantly trying to make it the thing that you're feeling in your heart and your head. And sometimes it doesn't come out that way on the first, on the first try when you first put the words on the page and you just, and like, I think the disconnect is figuring out how to keep going, even if it's not what you had hoped it would be immediately. Um, Gabe, I'm going to get to you in a minute, but I want to ask Samim because Samim, you have some short stories out as well and you've been working on a novel. So can you also talk to me about that? Like also what has your, relationship been and what has it been like to go from writing short stories and then now you're writing a novel? Yeah. I mean, I think this, um, that like quote about, you know, 80 to 95% of the work is rewriting. Um, for me at least is less true with a short story. Not that I don't rewrite and revise. Um, but with a short story, I think the concepts and the narrative are smaller um, that I can hold up in my head and not write it until I feel like it's exactly what I want to say. Um, and I think one thing that's limited me in getting started or, or completing novels in the past is been trying to do the same thing, um, is to not write it down until it's all clear in my head. Um, and it's absolutely impossible for me, um, to, to do that. I think there are people who can probably do that who are like, you know, complete geniuses who, uh, have read so many books i'm staring at will as i'm saying this um that like uh narrative structure is just like ingrained in their dna at this point but um for me i think that's that's the biggest challenge um and lowering the bar on um what has to come out of my brain has helped a lot um because it's sort of like you need the material out there to rework and to rewrite to turn into what you want in the end so my follow-up question for you then, has writing the novel been an exercise of not being perfect for you? Um, yeah, and and not overthinking where I'm going. And I think this book has helped um, sort of take the pressure off of that outlining the grand picture and minute detail. Um, and still having a, a broad sense, um, like I do have like a very loose high-level outline. Um, but I think it's, it's letting me, uh, I think it re reminded me to explore in those in-between spaces, um, and to like, just keep writing, um, uh, and, and all those parts, uh, and not to worry about, um, if it's exactly what needed to be said and getting comfortable with the fact that, uh, a bunch of the stuff can be cut, uh, and will, will be cut or, you know, revised or be completely unrecognizable and that's okay. Um, whereas with a short story, like I would, like I said, I'd revise and add things, but I didn't cut that much ever, um, because I like obsessed over what I wrote down before I wrote it down. Now, Gabe, I want to ask you something similar, but not exact. Cause I know you, you came with writing novels first and not really writing short stories. And then because I'm in your writing group, I have the honor of seeing you evolve. And then you started writing short stories. So I want to ask you, 
what has been different for you going from a writing this epic novel that you've been writing and then writing short stories? You know, uh, what has your experience been as far as like creating the first draft for that? Hmm. It's interesting that you ask that because that has been my train of thought for the last couple of minutes, listening to Samim. Um, because for me, it happened the exact, like the opposite way in the sense that, I mean, struggle with the novel, all all the struggles. And I think a big point of, yeah, everyone says you got to write the thing. And most of it is rewriting. But I think until it's hard to internalize it, and until you don't do it yourself, it doesn't like really sink in that you got to do the full thing and then rewrite it. And that's the thing that short stories taught me because I spent, I mean, years finishing that draft. I finished the draft. I'm revising my, my novel and such. But now when I, now that I've delved into short stories, it's like, yeah. I, and for me, short stories have been mostly revising. I've, like I have the idea, the story seed, and I try like I drop it, I do the draft, and that's what has given me the most experience and made me realize that yeah, this is the way. I mean, at least obviously it's different for everyone, but in general, I think that's the thing. You gotta get the story out there because as Samim said, if you don't have anything to work with, you just I mean, you cannot make a story better if it's not there. And that's the thing that has given me so much confidence for my novel after writing short stories. Because yeah, it's it's way quicker to edit 5,000 than 150,000 words. So yeah, it's just, it has given me the, the, yeah, the experience of why it works. Well, I wanna follow that up and ask you another question because I think this is really important for anyone listening because it's taught me. Um, you came into the writing, our writing group with only have written that like epic novel, right? And you wanted to do it for like volume after volume. And when we would talk, you're like, well, this is the story I have in my head. I want to write like all three of those books. But then suddenly I see you writing other things, um, in the universe. So, how, how what has that process been like from your thinking of I'm only going to write in these series because this is the only ideas I have to then suddenly start working on other things, other new drafts of uh, stories? Oh, it's been so liberating. Like, honestly, I had felt like this was a thing and I cannot focus on any other thing than this because this is what's going to make me a, an author and all the things, all the dreams of being an author. But it's been so amazing writing short stories. I didn't even read short stories before my writing group, like literally. And now I read them all the time. And your your things of my writing group, which are amazing, by the way. So it's so liberating. And it it has helped me to play with POV, play with characters, with relationships, with like, it has been expanding my toolbox, like literally. So yeah. Shanghai. Can I just say that I love that for you? Like, <laughs> I really just want, I love hearing that you playing with something outside of your comfort zone was freeing because that's one of the scariest things to do as a writer, like to move outside of the things you know. So that's all I had to say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Samim? 
I was just going to say I had like a very, very similar experience in that uh, I always wanted to focus on writing a novel and that's, I had no interest in short stories. Um, and then I saw a Worldcon panel back in 2018 on the short story markets. And I, I didn't know any of these magazines existed. Um, and then I went, started reading them, started listening to LeVar Burton Reads uh, and started just like discover. That's how I discovered so many contemporary authors. Um, and I think prior to that, I just, I knew like the classics and I was never super motivated to write or didn't feel like I would fit into the SFF community because I just thought it was like the classics. Um, I didn't feel like I, I would fit in there and reading short contemporary fiction just made me much more mo motivated. Um, and, and like you said, Gabe, like made me open to experimenting and opening opened up to new ideas. Um, and also I think I, I would do this thing where I would, I would have an idea and I would obsess over it for years. Um, and it was so precious to me. And with short stories, I think it lowered the, like, um, the idea that I guess it took away the idea that, um, just cause I had a really good idea. doesn't mean it's my only good idea. Um, and that I can experiment with it. And if it doesn't work out, that's fine. Um, cause I'll come up with new things and, and the more I experiment, the more I'll come up with. That's awesome. Um, LP. I think that's a, I think that's a, uh, an aspect that I rarely hear people discuss the fear that the ideas that you have are going to be the only ideas you have, like the sense of scarcity when coming into art, which, you know, once you think about it in that way, it just, of course, perfectionism is the next thing that's going to come. Of course, the next feeling is going to be like, well, I have to get this right. Cause if I don't get this right, then, you know, who knows, whatever. But like, I feel and we're still on the same question, by the way, the same part of like, <laughs> first things first, tell yourself I'm writing a novel. But like, I, I think I think it's empowering to, uh, there's another book, um, which I'm going to mention. I'm going to show you guys. It's really expensive right now. And neither me nor the writer know why. It's called The Seven Secrets of the Pro Prolific. I can speak. The Seven Secrets of the Prolific. Um, and Hilary Rettig um, is a writer. And... Uh, a culture worker, and she's outlined ways to increase how much you write, um, which is not based on like woo or anything. It's just like, you know, you practice, you turn off all your stuff, you write, you track your writing, you figure out what places you write best in. And it's like, but the, her thing is like, it's not about perfectionism and it's not about like, process it's about progress and it's about putting one word next to another word and like making it happen obviously i haven't finished refuse to be done so i clearly haven't finished this but we'll, we'll get there one day i might send you all copies we'll see how this goes so the book itself is organized into three large chapters each is devoted to three drafts the first draft uh matt advocates using the blank page as an exploratory organic and above all playful approach so my next question, and we'll go around the room for this, is do you see yourself having a playful approach when you are in the beginning stages? And Samim, I want you to kind of kick that off. Um, yeah, I think when I'm in dreamer mode, the answer is yes. Um, I think in the past when I tried to take that into writer mode, um, that's where I run into trouble. Um, and um, if I can get myself into like the quote, quote, like flow stage, um, then, then yeah, I can be really playful. Um, 
but breaking through that like initial sort of apprehension of like, if I take this idea and put it into words, it'll ruin it and it'll be terrible and I'll never want to look at it again. Um, like that, that takes a lot. And I think, um, one thing that I, I talked to you guys about last week, uh, was, uh, just starting to write a hundred words a day. Um, and that was enough for me. Like once I crossed that hundred word mark, I was off. And now I'm like writing seven to a thousand, 700 to like a thousand words a day. Um, in like the same amount of time that it would take me to write like a hundred. And so much of it has been the anxiety, that anxiety of like ruining the idea. Um, and, and breaking through that first like 100 words sort of help take away the anxiety. And there's going to be rougher days where that's going to be harder. Um, but, um, I think that breaking through that anxiety puts me into that playful state where I can experiment with, with a scene and not worry too much about where is this going to fit into the plot. Um, but I think one thing that I've done that's sort of related is, and I don't know if I got this idea from Refuse to Be Done or if I pulled it out from somewhere else, but, um, I usually, by the, the point I'm starting to write things, I have notes on like different ideas for, for characters and for settings and some situations. And if I don't know what the plot is, what I've started doing is just pairing up random characters, um, and having a conversation between the two of them or three of them and just like mixing it up. And that usually leads to something interesting. It helps me get to know the world, uh, mm-hmm. it helps me come up with scenarios. Um, and so that's sort of, like the main thing I've been doing. Um, and it sort of ends up fitting sequentially as well. And, and, you know, like the book says, like once you get the first phase done, you're going to go through and rearrange things anyway. So it's fine. So mm-hmm. I haven't been super worried about that thought that like overall plot, um, it just enabled me to be like really playful with the characters and the settings. Has that. the word count been on the same project? Yeah. So that's the other rule I made, uh, uh, like, I don't know, like it's been 16 days now, um, of like this mm-hmm. right on a day. Is that the hundred words can't be um, the hundred words can't be uh, notes? It can't be on uh, a side project that I'm trying to distract myself with. It has to be on this novel, um, and um, just to like force me to continue pushing forward on it. Um, and so that's been really helpful. And now I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that it like becomes a normal thing for me. Um, because I'm hoping when I finish the draft, if I can keep up the space and finish the draft before like the end of the summer, mm. that um, I kind of want to take the advice of the book. And I think um, other authors have said this. I know Stephen King says this and on writing as well. He sort of just puts the book away for a month, doesn't look at it, doesn't think about it and does other things. Um, and I'm hoping in that month, month, like if I can keep this writing pace up, I can finish like the dozens of short story, or at least one of the dozens of short story ideas that I've started uh, over the past few, few years um before i get back into revising that's awesome and what about you shigai do you see yourself having a playful approach when you are in the beginning stages yes i definitely do i feel like yeah wow that was gonna be an easy answer but then i'm like some stories maybe not actually (laughs) um i think for the most part when you get an idea that's the most exciting moment And like, that's why we're writers and we keep coming back to the page because it's just like, oh my gosh, there's this puzzle that I need to solve and it's a story. (laughs) Um, And I think that that's, yeah, like the playfulness of writing is what I think I've heard for a lot of writers made them want to be writers in the first place. 
um, or just like got them interested in, in storytelling. And it's very true for me as well. I think something that was said in this book as well was like an emphasis on the dreaded middle because like the beginning is usually exciting and then you get to the middle and you're like, oh, <laughs> what is this? Um, but yes, the answer is yes. And Gabe, do you feel like, uh, do you see yourself having a playful approach when you are in the beginning stages? Yeah, I mean, most definitely, but I'm, I'm just realizing something in that I love the research part of stories, the world building, the deep dives. But I've realized now that all my short stories have been, have not been secondary world fantasy, which was like my love for all my life and my novel. And so now like those early stages of those short stories have been like transcendent in how much dopamine they give me. Because I love, like that research has given me like so much, like the one you started reading, uh, Will uh, Moonfall. I researched, I have like above 20 pages of just research. And I, it was like, I'm just ecstatic at going through that. And that research has given me parts of the story. I might not have needed it, but it's just, it's giving me so much, much joy doing that and it doesn't feel like wasted time quote unquote and it has been it has felt like that before with my novel with the secondary world so yeah I'm I don't know let's see if, if when I write a secondary world fantasy or sci-fi short story things change I suppose with sci-fi not so much because I'm gonna dive into tech and all that research but we'll see yeah but so far it's 100% yeah that's awesome. Um, Samim, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think um, the research part is super, super interesting because I've been trying to figure out where I would, would fit that in if I was so focused on just like producing words. Um, because I think for this project, it's been on my mind for a couple of years and I've done research. I've read a few books, like nonfiction books that were sort of help, helping me build the world. Um, and I, I needed that time. Uh, I probably could have done it more efficiently. Um, and so I think just knowing when to cut that off or how to work these things in parallel, I think it's still going to be a challenge for me. Um, I think for this project, like I'm coming at it after having it lingered in my mind for so long. Um, but if I have another new idea, it's going to be hard for me to sort of like wrestle with how long do I let this linger in the research phase versus jump into writing. So LP, I want to ask you uh, the same question. Do you, I, I, I want to ask this question specifically because I know, you know, you came out of Clarion and um, so did Shanghai. But I remember when we were talking during the summer, you were like, you know, I don't, you weren't sure if like, could you write these six short stories um, during that concentrated period? So do you see yourself having a playful approach when you're uh, in the beginning stages? No, I'm have a fearful approach. Uh, and it's changed because um, when my writing journey, my decision to start writing became started when I decided I'm going to write a book randomly in Chicago in like 2016 or so. And again, a couple failed NaNoWriMo's, great. But in 2018, my ex and I broke up. And I had a lot of free time on my hands. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'm going to take 
creative writing classes and I took like 10 in a year. And that was really stupid. But um, at the point where it was entirely aspirational, um, I think I had, it felt like there was more room. I feel a lot of pressure (laughs) and let's, let's, start there and work our way back. My first story came out in Fire, and then in six less than six months and then LeVar Burton reads. And then people that I don't know are reaching out and telling me really great things. They're like, I have people in my inbox saying things to me that I'm just like, oh, this is crazy. But I only have one story out, right? And so the pressure to like repeat or recreate or so on and so forth is something that like I'm cognizant of, but I'm also recognizing you know, a couple of years later that it also might be slowing me down because I wrote a book's worth of bullshit <laughs> for Nano one year. And I have a bunch of other stuff that's like in various stages of like finishing. And so perfectionism is one of those things that I, I want to like kind of move away from. What was the question? The question was, you're answering it. Like, do you see yourself having a playful approach when you're in the beginning stages? I, I in the beginning stages it's playful. I really like some of the other stuff that Matt says about doing other stuff that we'll get to when we get there. But like it makes me feel like, oh look, maybe this is a way that I can cultivate a mindset about this that isn't, you know, grind mode, like you have ADHD, but you're gonna do these very neurotypical things to try to make it work for you because mm. productivity. Yeah. And like that doesn't those things don't work for me. So I, I'm really excited about employing some of the ways that this book engages play so that I can try to figure out what that looks like for me. Cause I've just been like, you know, banging my head against the computer screen. Yeah. Um, one minute game. I wanted to ask Nick cause he hasn't gotten a chance to chime in yet. Nick, do you feel like you have a playful approach to when you're in the beginning stages? Yeah. Cause I'm a discovery writer. So it's all fun and games. Like, and we'll we'll discuss it here in a little bit. But I I love taking my characters and throwing them in random situations that don't make any sense for the story, just to develop them and learn more about them. Like super random things, like shopping. What does shopping look like for my character in the world and things like that? And so that's I have a lot of fun with it. Um, I love world building through that type of technique. So very playful for me. Love that. Um, Gabe, you wanted to add something? Yeah, just a small thing that, I mean, this is going to come later in the analysis of this book, but just a piece of wisdom that comes from video games. Like time enjoyed is no time lost. And I think this applies to the playful part of writing. Yeah, if you want to be a pro, of course, you we got to put out things to be publishable. But if you're taking a while to do those things, but you're enjoying it, like, fuck that. You're not losing time. You're just, you're enjoying. So, yeah, that was that was my rambly point. Bring it. Shanghai, what did you want to add? Kind of just, like, riffing off of all of that. Um, I remember this quote by Carmen Maria Machado, which was something about how they always let their characters stop for a party to have sex or to eat food. (laughs) And I really, really liked that because like, I feel like that's in 
in vibes with this like playfulness and like like Nick said putting them in a situation that isn't necessarily important for the story to progress but it's just letting them live and that teaches you more about who they're meant to be in this world and who this world how this world affects the way that they are yeah i love that um nick i just kind of want to add in there on that one that i just my thesis novel I actually have five different scenes of my character eating food, right? He doesn't get to experience a lot of good food. However, each food is a different, like the dish he's eating comes from a different cultural region of the U.S. So it's me world building at the same time. And I, I had so much fun with those scenes of just having my character eat food. I love that. Um, uh, LP? Yeah, I was just thinking about, this is me thinking about myself thinking, sorry. Um, just like art starts as play and it's weird how like there can be so much centering on like the commerce of art that like sometimes it can stop folks from like arting. <laughs> like, oh, like the idea that you put two characters in a, in a scene together to just watch them bounce off each other and let that be what it is. And like, it, it doesn't necessarily have to have a place that in the in the story. It doesn't have to make it to the final version or whatever you submit or query or if the book is published or self-published or just thrown into a box. Like it doesn't have to be any of those things. You just have to like be open to it. And I think I think for me, part of it is just like I have life goals that are tied to writing, and then I let that overtake every aspect of writing. And then I just get kind of stuck. I'm like, I don't want to write anything. I'm tired. I've been thinking so much about the future that I can't deal with the present. Yeah. I hear that. Um, Gabe, you wanted to add something and then we'll go on to the next. Yeah. Jumping off what LP said is like the easiest way to hate your hobby is to make it a business is to try to make money out of it. And I've seen it. Like I felt it so hard with my knives. When I started doing commissions, I started hating it. Like, loathing going to my shop so now i will never take commission and i will make a knife and see if someone wants to buy it so but i mean for writing i think it's striking we if we want to be professionals we got to strike that balance of how much we're thinking of the business side until we hate the writing and how much we are arting and producing something that can be sold shanghai very quickly. All I'm hearing is overthrow capitalism. <laughs> yes, for real. Well, I will, before you continue, I'm so sorry. I, just, just, I think also what we're talking about is process versus practice, because I think a lot of times craft books will give you process and practice in one place and not talk to you about how those things are different. And when I think about practice, what I think about is like, what are the things that you do on a regular basis to ensure that your art gets arted? And when I think about process, I think about what are the things that get you to the place where you can do some art, right? And what I'm enjoying about this book is it's forcing me to look at the two as two dynamic things that are in conversation with each other um, that I have to feed both of that. We all have to feed both of and think about how we make space for our art in our lives, but also how we make space to, to ideate apart from the actual physical, I'm sitting down to write, or I'm sitting down to make knives, or I'm sitting down to create, you know, sweaters out of my belly button. So yeah, uh, 
practice versus process. That's a, that could be a whole episode. Okay. Sorry, Will. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Um, so again, the first part is going to be organized in a way that advocates for the blank page as an exploratory, organic, and above all playful approach. The strategies in the second draft emerge from Matt's need to take the shape to shape the rough, unwieldy material of a first draft towards a better made, better plotted second, which he calls a narrative decision. Because the big decisions you'll make during the drafts will be about how to restructure and rewrite the dramatic material of the story. The third draft is the third draft chapter that we'll cover. Um is a layered approach to final edits where you'll ensure by a series of smaller and more workable tasks that your now well-structured, well-plotted book is enjoyable as possible. And you want to think of the draft as stages. You might need to linger on one stage longer than the other. Others you might breeze through. Um, So when thinking of it this way, are there certain stages you all think that you linger more than others. So just thinking about like the process just uh, of how Matt's structuring the book, do you think there's just gut instinct, not even going through the whole entire book? And I would really encourage our listeners to kind of think about this. Is there a stage that you naturally linger more than others? And um, I'm going to start off with Nick with this because I have an idea of what he's actually going to Go ahead, Nick. Oh, I'm kind of curious on what you think first. Yeah, you haven't been answering questions. Uh, because I wanted I wanted it to be about all of you. I don't need it to be about me. Um, oh, oh, I like <laughs> it being about all you, Will. Us. Thank you <laughs> yeah. for collective. Hold, hold him accountable. <laughs> um, yeah, so Will, answer your question. You want me to answer this question? I'd like you to answer all of them, but you can start with this one. Oh God. Um, I linger. Oh, I don't know. I think I linger on them all quite terribly. You know what? The biggest thing that really stops me from writing is that I don't feel like I'm smart enough. Um, and that will just completely paralyze me or like, I don't, um, I've said this in the podcast a lot. I'm, I'm working through this though, or that I don't have value. That's the biggest thing. I think especially when it comes to feel like I'm not smart enough and that can I do this? Because my grammar sucks most times and I'm dyslexic. So like half the times when words come out, it doesn't actually mean what I want it to say. And I'm like, what? It looks fine. So um, there we go, everyone, for uh, that section. So first draft I can linger on, but I could also linger on on the, um, you know, the revision, you know, the second part. We'll see. Um Thanks. I feel like I'm going to be in uh, like the uh, one movie, The Help, where they're like, you know, they're, you're constantly making you smart. Yeah. You pretty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, we should just have an episode where we all just give each other affirmations. <laughs> exactly. Right. I feel like we all need that. Um, but I'm working through it. I think the biggest thing was me doing the webtoon as as imperfect as the writing is. I'm learning that, you know, uh, fear is a cock blocker for me and I'm not going to live that life anymore. I need to really like, uh, I'm going to just have to be okay with not being okay. That's it. Gabe. 
just a quick thing. I've had the honor and pleasure of reading your stuff, Will, and you are amazing. You're an amazing writer. And Thanks. That I've told you many times, and I want this out publicly, that you are amazing. Thanks. All right? I, I appreciate that. Okay. Now, um, let's go back to the question for everyone else. Um, no, wait, I think we should just keep complimenting Will. This is fun. No. Actually, that was a really cool plot device. Like, you just deflected so <laughs> I just want everyone to know if you feel like Will is a little brusque. That right there was Will dodging a compliment, not because he didn't want the compliment, but because he's uncomfortable taking them, especially on camera. So he loves Gabe, and he glad Gabe said that. But Will isn't an asshole. Well, he is an asshole, but like not for that. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so Nick, that to your question, I'll answer your question that you asked me about your writing. I feel like the part that you're gonna that you linger on is something that has been the biggest growing state for you and that is i would say the second draft yeah so do you want to kind of um do you want to talk about that yeah well yeah i mean this goes back to my writing journey right i'm actually <laughs> contrary to a lot of other people that i know in the, the writing world like i'm still fairly new um so i started writing game back in 2018 i finished my first novel that was uh, 60,000 words back, shoot, 2020, uh, 2021, right before I started school. Um, and it was terrible. Like, that novel will be trunked, but I'll pull the world from it and some of the characters and redo some stuff with it. Um, but for me, like, it's always been a revision. And that's because I love the first draft so much. Like, it's easy for me to sit down and put out about 1,000 words an hour if I need to. That's That's the easy part to me. For me going back and trying to like edit and not, um, I call it writer mode versus editor mode. I have a hard time getting out of writer mode. Um, and that's where editing is hard. It's, it's hard for me because I find myself adding more extra scenes into it than I do actually editing anything else. I love that. Um, Shanghai. I, I think that's so interesting because I'm the exact opposite. And I feel like like I've always admired folks who, because I have a writing partner who writes so quickly. Like, I'm like, okay, we're going to finish this novel together by the end of next month. She's done and is on her second novelette. And like, you know, just those people who the aqua kids of this world who write like 10 things in one year and there's no i'm like did you have time to breathe did you go to the toilet or were you just like (laughs) writing through it um but because yeah for me i feel like the process of putting the words on the page is always i'm i'm always like coming back to is the sounding the way that i want it to sound and i feel like revision especially revision where you have other people's eyes on it and they can tell you what you didn't get right has been really useful for me in the past and like that's been an easier phase to get through because I just do what they tell me like obviously there are things which aren't in line with your vision and hopefully at this point you know your own vision well enough that some things feel 
like if they feel off in your spirit, you think twice before adding the change. Um, but yeah, it's I I I feel like for me the second draft might be easier than the first, which is interesting. I love that. It's it's nice to hear like uh, from both you and Nick because it does show the the journey of a writer and an artist that one can love one thing and linger on another and, you know, vice versa. So it's really interesting to hear. Um, LP? For me, different stories have different places where I linger because sometimes the draft will happen really quickly and then I'll spend literally years (laughs) revising a piece or the draft is like, oh, you know, something doesn't feel right here. I don't think about like, what does the story structure look like? It was like, oh, these vibes aren't vibing right here. I'll put it down. I'll come back to it later and see how I feel about it later because feelings are facts, right? Uh, And so like, it depends on drafting. It depends on revising. It also depends on deadlines. Like if someone says that I need to have XYZ done by XYZ point, I'll be like, okay, cool. I once wrote a story in one month and it went from idea to draft Second draft, third draft, edited, submitted in a month. And I was very proud of myself because it only happened that one time. My God, that's incredible. (laughs) So incredible that it only happened once. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And um, Gabe, same question. Do you feel like Um, you uh, linger in certain stages more than others? I think exactly as Shingai said it. Like the, the first draft is just... Like it can feel so demoralizing sometimes how hard it is to put those words on the page. Like, honestly, it's, I mean, and I struggle with this in other kinds of art forms, including the knives. Yes, they are art. Um, But I love the second draft. It's the problem solving of it just like speaks to my brain. Like having having the things, having the pieces on the table, that is just it's 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 bliss. I might not like do it super fast, but I enjoy most of the process. But yeah, that first draft, oof. So yeah, this reading this book has given me so much motivation and so many tools, which I'm excited to keep talking about. So yeah. First part is just oof, it's my nemesis. I lo- I hear you. I hear you. Uh, Samim, same question. Are there certain stages that you linger more than others? Uh, I mean, probably exactly what Gabe and Shinkai said. Um, the like that generative part is really really hard for me. And then once I have the pieces, um, I get like I like the editing part. Um, I like moving things around and um, experimenting. Uh, I love getting feedback um, and like seeing how like i love that process i should say like i've not done this with a novel yet i've only done this with a short story um i think in the past i imagine with a novel you write a couple chapters get feedback um and i've heard both in this book and other books to say never do that write the thing first go through it a few times yourself and then share it out Uh, and i'm starting to understand why um because it is so big and there's so many moving parts um I think the thing that intimidates me about that process for a novel, though, is I'm a, not only a slow writer, but I'm also a pretty slow reader. Um, and the idea of rereading a novel that I wrote sounds horrible. Um, and so I can manage it with a short story. Um, but with a novel, that sounds just like really, really daunting to 
to go through it. And I just need to remember, like, I need to give myself the time and the space for it. For sure. So um, to our listeners, and I think to each other, we read this in the book, but, you know, there's no one way to read the book. So you can enjoy it in a nonlinear fashion. Um, We're going to go through this in a linear fashion only because, you know, we are going to talk about it. Um, And I think one of the biggest things that I really appreciated about what Matt said, and also I remember uh, Charlie Jane Anders talking about this in Never Say You Can't Survive is uh, take only what is useful from this uh, advice book. And I think we've even mentioned this on the podcast before. If something doesn't serve you or work for you, don't listen to it. I think the biggest thing of say, um, you hear, I read it just recently, and uh, Brian Michael Bendis, who's a comic book writer, wrote this book on comic writing and saying, writers write every day, and you have to write every day, and you don't. You can still get work done and be published and be successful, and you don't have to write every day. What you have to do is write and get things done, however that looks. So uh, that is the most important thing. And I want to just kind of, uh, that was basically everyone, just the introduction. And um, we don't know how many episodes this is going to be, because I want this to be an exploratory process. I think there's going to be certain things that we're going to have a lot to say. Certain things we'll probably speed through. So this is definitely going to be a multi-part episode. How many? We're not sure. Um, but there's one, we, we don't. Because you know what? And I, the reason we don't is because with Charlie Jane Anders' book, we could have done that book all year long. And I wish in some ways we did. Because we were just having these really deep and interesting conversations that I feel like all of us are in the middle of writing a novel and or working on a new project that I think this is going to be one of those times that we're really going to um, expand, you know, um, I'm trying not to read any comments right now. Um, so there's one more thing I want to say, cause I know we're hitting that hour mark and the first draft is called the exploratory draft. And it is to discover the book you are writing by writing the book. So our last question of the night for everyone is, are you outliners or pansters? And how does the idea of discovering the book make you feel? So discovering like a new project that you're writing. Um, So first answer, are you outliners or pansters? And then how does the uh, idea of discovering the book make you feel? And we'll start with LP. Uh, Definitely a pantser, definitely a discovery writer. Um, And uh, one of the things I enjoy about this book is that um, usually when you get a craft or a process or practice book, they talk to you, they say, this book is for everyone. Panthers and plotters. And then you get to the book and they're like, okay, and, and this is my two chapters on why you should outline and then three chapters on how to outline. And so what I enjoy about this book is that it's like, Hey, actually, if you're a discovery writer, I'm going to give you some, some practices for discovering your book. And I'm like, for me, my God, thank you so much. Amazing. Um, Samin, same question. 
outliner? Um, definitely way more of a pantser. Um, I think I do like some bullet points here and there. Um, at like, but that's more of like a brainstorm session. Um, I can't like outline scene by scene specific things because like, how would I know until my characters have had those conversations until I put them in those situations and have seen what they've done, like what t- even outline doesn't, I don't know how people do it. I have friends who do it who will like throw down a huge outline in like a weekend and be like, okay. And then I'll write the book in like a week. Um, I'm only exaggerating a little bit, but, um, and, and so, yeah, I don't, I don't think I could do it. I think, yeah. So somewhere in the middle. Awesome. But mostly the answer. And how does it feel to make you think of like using this tool, just discovering what the book is going to come about? Does that frighten you? Does it make you feel like, oh, I already do this anyway? It's frightening. So I think it works easy, more easily for me in a short story because it's not a big time investment um, for me usually, uh, or not even time. But short story still takes me a lot of time, but it's not as much energy. Um, with a novel, I feel like I could do all this work and then end up having nothing. Um, and, and that's like the fear of not planning um, for me going into it. Um, and so I think that's why I still have like a loose, I like sense. And I think as I get into it, I would probably say like, let me think through what the next couple of scenes are going to be like. Um, and like write down a title for the scene maybe. Um, but I feel like I only know once I'm like right in front of it. Um, I don't know, and maybe one or two scenes ahead. I will have like random ideas for like, oh, this is like a cool image and a cool, I'm going to figure out how to write this image into a scene. I don't know where it's going to go into the book and stuff like that. And I think I've tried to write whole books just surrounding some random idea that should come like 75% of the way into the book. Um, yeah. Awesome. Um, uh, Gabe, are you a panster or outliner? I think both, but for different stages. For the drafting stage is mostly pantsing. I have like, what's this example? Like going on a road trip, I know I want to hit this and this place, but in the middle, whatever happens. Like, honestly, if I'm spending the night at a place that I wasn't planning, that's fine by me. I have like these key beats. Like I want to have a final fight. I have no idea how that's going to be. I want to have a betrayal and I want to have this. No idea how those are going to happen. So I pants around all that. But after I have that first draft, or even during the second maybe, I go full engineering. I go full outline. I make an Excel sheet with lists and graphs and word numbers. And I, oh yeah, Will has seen them. And I compare those with other books. And oh yeah, I go full. Now I have, when I have all the things on the table, I go, yeah, full engineering mode, which it's kind of outlining because I put all the pieces and see where they fit. And those that don't fit are extras. I just, I mean, I can drop them. Not that hard. So, so yeah, that's, I, I guess both then. I find that fascinating. You should see his outline about the green bone saga. Um, it's intense. Um, but probably fondly, um, it's intense. Uh, Shungai, are you an outline or a panster? I definitely feel very similarly to both Gabe and Samim. Um, I lie solidly somewhere in the middle. And I think I learned that through writing this novel, where I've leaned more into pantsing for most of my writing. Like even, and kind of similar to Samim, like writing short stories is a lot easier to 
right by the seat of your pants because <laughs> you have an idea and you're like, okay, there's a vague end and we're working towards that. And you just kind of like do it and there's the stakes are not as high because um, it's a shorter amount of time and space. With a novel, I I think... I learned as I was in the middle when I was in like that stage of like, ugh, no one is ever going to read this. So why am I wasting my time? <laughs> um, that I had to think about like the next most interesting scene for me. And that's where the outlining came in, where I was kind of doing brief, brief plot, plot lining. I don't know if that's a thing, but like, yeah, <laughs> moving to the next plot point that I felt was most interesting for me to write. And I have a WhatsApp group with myself, which is basically like my journal. And I would like have these moments where I would um, write the scenes in short form and shorthand. Um, so I was like, I'm not here yet, but I know that I do want to get here. But this is the idea that's playing in my head. So I'm going to write out like a really short version of it. And then when I do get there, like I'll have it for me to expand on and reject the parts of it that I don't like. And that's been really, really useful. And I think it's something that I've I've learned through this process that I want to take with me into the next long piece of writing that I do. Yeah, go ahead. Well, are you a pantser? You an outliner? Do you like to discover right? Or I like, are you a little bit in between. I <laughs> all right. I I am a panster. I don't really I'll out I outline maybe like right before maybe I'll sit down. Sometimes depends on what I'm working with. I'll take the I'll take the webtoon for an example. I have ideas in my head of things that I know were gonna happen, but the ongoing mystery of the series, I mean there's basically three major ones the two that will already be out when this airs is you know what is the vessel and who is the way of the truth and the way that i structured it is in my head uh, as far as who is the cult who are the cult members everyone is a suspect because i've given everyone motivation to actually be a part of the cult. There would be reasons of why they would do it. As far as like Deanna's mystery of who is the vessel or what is the vessel, that is something also that I've just worked towards. So it's a mixture of a little bit of outlining, but mainly discovery because even with art, you know what? My art is actually way more planned out usually, but in stages. So like when I'm, working on a painting, I will first draw it. I'll pull pieces of, of uh, inspirations. Um, I'll draw it out. And I only draw it out because I kind of want to see where the composition is going. Then I'll do a color study. The color study isn't a full-on painting. It's more of like painting figures, but I want to make sure that the uh, plasticity of the um, painting, which means the weight and value of the color, are working in harmony. Then I'll go in and write. Then I'll go in and write. Then I'll go in and paint. But even then, it changes. So both both of those processes of writing and me making art are kind of similar, where I'll want to discover 
but then I'll have to have some type of structure of things that I want to hit. So uh, what about you, Nick? I can outline if I want to, but I don't like it. Uh, and I do think it is depending on the project too, because I know I've outlined a graphic novel and I also tried to discover write the graphic novel too. And that did not work at all. Um, but yeah, I, I love discovery writing because I think it's a lot more fun for me um, to do that. I, I'm not saying that I feel restricted in an outline, but I feel like your character has to grow. And for me, all my stories are character centric, character driven. So if my characters, I can't force my character to do something, even though it's in the outline, if that's going against how that character is turning out to be. So Outlining, yes, I can do it. I'm definitely a discovery writer, like Gabe said, too. Like, I like to map major events that I can write to, and that's it. All right, everyone. I think this was a really great um, session for our first part of the book. Uh, we still have a lot more to cover, so we're going to like have a lot more to talk about. And I think for anyone listening, um, think about, you know, being an exploratory draft. And be mindful of the emotions that come up, but come on the journey with us and do it. And we'll keep talking about the whole entire book for the next few episodes. And who knows how long those episodes will be. Um, anyone have any closing thoughts, comments, or are we done? I, I would love it if people would write in and let us know if they want to hear more of Will answering the questions. Because I would, I would hate for him to feel left out. And if you really want to hear how Will makes it through the process... Go ahead and, and, and let Will know so we can force him. Thank you. <laughs> or just an episode where we keep complimenting Will until he turns like bright, bright, red. No, we don't need that would to. Be so funny. <laughs> we don't need to do that at all. Um, there'll be plenty of times where I'm going to answer the questions, but everyone, thanks for listening. And this has been Just Keep Writing. I was Marshall for a minute. I'm going to stop this. And this has been Just Keep Writing, a podcast for writers, by writers, to keep you writing. You can find us at justkeepwriting.org. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Feel free to reach out to any of us on our social medias, and please jump in our Just Keep Writing Discord channel. Links to all of that is in the show notes. Lastly, please support our show by going to patreon.com slash justkeepwriting. We offer daily writing prompts, early access to podcast episodes, and much more. Thanks for listening, and just keep writing.